On this episode of AV Week, Infocom 2022 registration is open, supporting women in AV, and tech at the Olympics. All this and more on this episode of AV Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is AV Week, episode 548. Get out there. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Daylight, the leading producer of high-quality projection screens worldwide. Welcome to this episode of AV Week. This is your weekly roundup of all the latest news and stories for the AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott for avnation.tv. This week, I am pleased to be joined by two of my good friends. First, we have the one and only Don Mead. She's a senior AV architect and project manager at a company that I'm not allowed to name. Hi, Don. Hello, Matt. Good to see you. Good to see you. It's It's been a minute. I'm glad that you are here. I feel like every time I cover Tim, you you manage to jump on. I'm like a bad penny. I keep turning up. I'm not. I'm not offended. I like it. Uh, <laughs> it just. I feel like Tim's planning something here. Then we have Xavier Killy Kenny. He's a design consultant at CTI. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thanks for uh, having me, Matt. Big fan. Thank you for being here. I take all the credit. I don't book anything. I just show up <laughs> when they tell me to. All right. Let's let's kick this off, ladies and gentlemen, with a story that comes to us from our site, avnation.tv, Infocom 2022. The registration is officially open for Las Vegas, June 4th through the 10th, uh, as as typically happens in Las Vegas. The first couple days will be training, etc., and then the show floor will open um, later on in the week. Don, let me, let me start with you on this. Obviously, this is good news. Anytime we have trade shows happening is a great news. Um, what, what, what's for, okay. First of all, are you going second of all, what, what do you expect this show to be? Do you expect this to be like Infocom of years past? Um, or is this potentially going to be again, a bit of an interesting year? We'll call it. Well, I, you know, I don't know. I'm just excited to be able to go. Um, I was supposed to go a couple months ago when we had the belated uh, Orlando show. In mm-hmm. fact, we were signed up. We had reservations made. And that last wave that came through, our company cut back on all travel again. So we ended up having to bail and and uh, I didn't get to go. So I'm excited to be part of this plan um, <laughs> to, to uh, you know, uh, virus notwithstanding, I, I will tell you this much for all of you that are my good friends. I'm going to hug you when we get there. And it's going to be weird because I haven't hugged people in forever. So, you know, we need to get some like, There's you so know, in person, face to face. I know, I know. But <laughs> I, seriously, <laughs> like, you, you know, I miss Thank people. <laughs> I got you. I got you. I miss people. My dog doesn't hug back. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm really. I, I'm really looking forward to going to Vegas again, to seeing all of my friends at AV, whether I hug you or not. Um, my boss and I were supposed to teach a class at in Orlando, my boss's first time teaching. Um, we weren't able to, so we're teaching again, and I'm teaching a couple other classes, and can't wait. I, I just, you know, I love Vegas, I love Orlando, I love Infocom, and I miss it. So that's what I'm most excited about. It might still be a little light on the ground attendance-wise, depending on where we are by June, because, you mm-hmm. know, these days, every couple of weeks, 
the status changes. Um, but I, I, I'm going to be confident and say we'll be there with bells on. I love it. Uh, Xavier, first of all, are, are you going? Is, is the company going? What is the... What needs to happen for this year to be a success, successful year of Infocom? I, I know last year I deemed it as a success as someone who didn't attend, um, but I deemed the show <laughs> as an excess from afar, right? right it it right. looked very successful. If the show goes off similar to last year, right? And international travel is still hampered, shall we say? Um, and the international contingent doesn't necessarily show up as, as strongly. Does that still make the show a, a great success or does it need to get back to its its prior grander to fully hit success? Yeah, I, you know, this will actually be my first year attending Infocom. Uh, I, I came into the AV industry from the uh, live event side of things. Uh, and then when I transitioned to, a, to the side that would actually attend uh, Infocom, that's when COVID hit and, you know, Infocom wasn't really a thing. So it's, it's, it's going to be a bit of a new experience for me, uh, kind of being able to attend and actually meet face to face with different manufacturers and other uh, integrators. But uh, I think that success for the event has kind of changed. Right. I think that, yeah. first of all, having the event is, is one big success and, and then getting people to to show up and be comfortable with exchanging, uh, you know, more than cards. Right. Sitting and actually speaking with each other and not having to have so many. Uh, I guess kind of distance like setups uh, for the event. I think just having that, just having that kind of in place and people being able to interact. I think that that's a big success. I think people, that's what people miss. Um, I, I can tell that from some of the trade shows that I have attended this year. People are just eager to get out, eager to meet other people and shake hands. Uh, I, even on the integration side, on, from a sales perspective, some of your meetings aren't even in person, right? You're doing a lot mm -hmm. over uh, a lot over uh, Teams and and different platforms, so. People just want to get out there and, and shake some hands. And I think that as long as Infocom can kind of create that environment for any, everyone that's coming in and the travel restrictions aren't so tough, I, I think that it could be, I think it could be deemed as a success for sure. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it and, and hoping to attend uh, Border notwithstanding. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what they do. We're, we're having fun talks about Borders up here right now. I betcha. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, it's entertaining. Uh, we'll leave it at that so I don't get the wrath of people. All right, uh, let's change topics for a second. This comes to us from AV Network. It is a Viewpoint article from Jennifer Goodyear. Uh, Supporting Women Diversity Councils Protects the Future of the AV Industry. Uh, read through this article. It's, it's very impassioned um, and, and a really good article talking about kind of some of the disparity. Dis Disparities? That's the word I'm looking for. Is that what I said? You said disparaging. <laughs> yeah, that's not the one. The disparities cause disparaging. Yeah, so read through the article. It, it covers a lot of the the differences and the experiences that, that different people have when they come into the industry. Um, Xavier, I, I want to start with you on this one. Sure. How do we go about increasing the support within the channel? And, and, and really, it, is there more we can do? Is it... Is it plaques and, 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 you know, badges and posting little things to social media, or is there more tangible things we can do to expand and grow, uh, just the cross section of what our industry is? Yeah. Um, I always think that this is an interesting conversation, right? I think that, uh, you know, diversity as a whole is great for any, 
for any uh, organization and, and for any industry. I think the more uh, people that you support within your industry, the better ideas come from uh, different circles and different backgrounds. And I think that that's awesome. Um, I do think that there's a little bit more that we can do uh, from an industry standpoint, and that's just from a representation standpoint. Having you know more women, uh, women of color, women in general, uh, individuals in leadership roles uh, in different organizations, and actually being you know some of the faces for some of these organizations, I think would be huge, right? Because I, I don't think that the industry as a whole has shut anyone out, uh, but I do think that there there's a a little bit a lack of awareness, right? That that some of these positions mm -hmm. are actually attainable because. A lot of companies come from family-run organizations, and and so through that, you know, you kind of you kind of miss the diverse <laughs> diversity pool uh, for many reasons, right? Um, but I I can say that um, I've seen a great amount of effort come uh, from the industry as a whole to try to uh, to try to change things. And uh, as a person of color in the industry, I can say that from what I've experienced, it's a welcoming industry. I think that at the end of the day, it, it's really based on your talents. Are you capable? And if you are, uh, it, it's, it's shown and it's recognized. So uh, that's a really great thing about the industry. But I feel like more awareness towards these roles and, and leadership roles in general, I think that that would be huge. And that would be something that can, you know, take the, the industry into that next step, right? Or in, in that path forward. Yeah, that's a really good point. Don, I see this. And, and one of the things that I find to be... Just, just an overarching issue is that we just have a massive labor issue in general, right? Like every single integrator I talk to on the commercial side, the resi side, it, it doesn't matter. Heck, even the people I talk to in the IT world, labor is this massive issue. We do not have enough bodies to sell, to design, to install, to pull cable. There are just not enough you know, boots on the ground in general. How do we go right. about widening that labor pool? Because typically, you know, if you're going to go speak to a high school to try and encourage kids that maybe aren't on the college track to get into a trade in general, it is typically not female, right? right. You're, you're typically going in and you're going to speak to a bunch of guys in a shop class. How do we how do we get beyond that and and show that yes you can join this industry through marketing which is typically the way that that seems to happen in the past you can come into it from sales but you can also come in and you know do design do engineering do heck basic install like there there's such a huge gap as far as our needs and our labor pool. I, I don't understand why we have such a hard time expanding that pool. Right. Well, and this is something, you know, those of you that have been around uh, aviation since the start and have listened to me blather for years, you know, it's one of my pet peeves or one of my pet topics I get on my soapbox. But as a whole, our industry is still kind of under the radar. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're a how many billion dollar a year industry. We're everywhere you turn, even more than... 10 years, 20 years ago when I got into it, you can't throw a stone without hitting something involved in the AV industry. 
Um, and it's so pervasive in our life, video walls and, and um, projection displays on the ice before a hockey game and the Super Bowl extravagance and the, and the, the Olympics and the, you know, all the different places that AV is encountered in our lives, but people don't know we're a thing. And this is where, you know, as AV professionals, we need to really be vocal. We need to really let people know we're a thing. We need to, you know, I, I know Infocom can't do everything, NSCA can't do everything, but man, we need to get some of the big manufacturers together and do like a PSA, buy some ad time on one of these big events. Doesn't have to be the Super Bowl, but you know, buy some ad time and be like, yo, we're a big industry. We get paid to play with big kid toys. We're awesome, you use us every day. Come join us, you know? Reach out if you work for an integrator, an end user, um, a manufacturer especially. Go to your high schools, go to your middle schools, go to your Girl Scouts and Boy Scout troops and offer to help them with STEM badges and, and STEM events, volunteer to assist in those ways and let them know we're a thing. I mean, yeah. you know, currently I don't work in for an AV company. I work in a other vertical that uh, <laughs> as the internal AV person, <laughs> Matt's laughing. I love I watching talk. the way you dance around that every time you're on the show. It's great. <laughs> I work in an undisclosed location in the DC area um, <laughs> and I can't say who I work for, but I am near the top of the AV division at that company. Every year, our company is very involved in reaching out on STEM issues, particularly women in STEM issues with middle schools, elementary schools, high schools, bringing in kids for robotics competitions, helping mm -hmm. kids with their design things. They asked, they put out a call to all the employees saying, hey, we're gonna do a winter virtual STEM fair and we want you to come up with ideas for us to have the kids do a, a virtual STEM project. I was like, all right, cool. It has to be winter themed. Let's talk about the acoustics of snow. They've never had anyone from the AV department ever take part in these things. Mm -hmm. But I came, I got online and I looked up crap and I mean, I'm a little A big V person, but I was digging into the audio and acoustic side of things. And, you know, you walk outside, Matt, you're in Canada, you should know. You walk outside after a crisp snow and it's like the sound quality is different. It is my Everything favorite phenomenon muffled. is walking right? outside with soft snow falling. Yeah. And it's just. And, and it, the whole world sounds different. And comparing that, talking about the acoustics of that and how the snow absorbs, or if there's an ice storm, how it bounces and sound, you know, is echoing more. Those sorts of things you don't think about, but that's our industry. Right. That's possibly an entry into our industry. And the kids can go outside and throw snowballs and, and you know, just play in, the, play in the snow, making snow angels and learn something. You know, just find a way to get younger people interested and excited. Scholarships. I know... NSCA and Infocom both give away scholarships. I'm constantly telling the moms at my gym when I go to Zumba class, hey, your kid's a senior and you, you say they like doing STEM stuff. Why don't you get, send them to avixa.org? We've got scholarships. We've got learning mm -hmm. that they can do online for free. You know, they can have a career where they don't necessarily need a degree. If they have a degree, they'll go even further. You know, like, why why don't look at it? And, and I've had several young folks from my gyms you know, their parents are in my Zumba class looking into scholarships from us. We just have to really speak out and, and, and let everybody know we're a thing. Yeah. Um, and to, to Xavier's point, though, I will say this. As a woman in AV, and as a woman that's been in AV for 20 plus years, oh God, I'm old. Um, we are one of the most welcoming 
and accepting of the STEM fields. Hmm. I have a lot of ladies that I went to high school with, that I went to college with, that are working in labs, that are working in you know biotech and computer science and all the various lab coat and goggle f- fields. And they tell me horror stories. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, well, we had to deal with some booth babes at Infocom and and I had a couple guys think I was just you know the help and not the actual AV designer, but otherwise everyone's great. They mentor, they'll they'll t- tell us where to go for classes, they'll help us out, you know. So, you know, on editorials like this notwithstanding, we're doing a good job. We can do better and mm-hmm. we need to do better and just continual improvement, man. That that's do, the that's the word. Do we need whether it's NSCA, whether it's Avixo, whether it's CDO, whether it's heck ISE, um, do we need one of the major orgs to come up with like a a flowchart? A, a I don't want to say a program because everyone wastes tons of money building quote unquote programs, but do we need to find like a real simple you know one sheeter of hey this is how you go in and and promote something to your local school and just give people a framework. Because every time I bring this up, no matter what world I'm in, when I'm talking to people about it, everybody wants to do it and they love the idea, but nobody knows how to get their foot in the door. I mean, it would be nice to have some kind of framework like that. And I know for a long time back in the day, Infocom or ICIA or whatever they were called back then had little curricula on mm-hmm. their website that you could download and help teach or help explain our field to kids in schools. I would love to see some of that come back, but you don't really need that. You just got to kind of be like me, get excited and be obnoxious. <laughs> you just got to go to your local tech council or your local school or your Zumba class and just start talking about, Hey, I've got the coolest job and you kids are going to love it. Cause you're doing all this. Anyway, you're playing video games all day. You're going to sports events and seeing all the led lights and the speakers and the mics, and you're, you know, building your own car stereos that shake the neighborhood or whatever, whatever it might be and point out we're, you're already doing it now. Mm-hmm. Come and get paid for it. Make a career out of it. Yeah. You know, have a life with it. That's yeah, really point. all you could do. Open I- your mouth. I agree. I agree with Don, right? I think our industry is a very cool industry, right? When you think about all of the cool stuff that is so, you know, that encompasses AV, it's an easy sell to kids, but it's just a matter of getting out there and getting in front of their faces. I think that uh, most people that I know who've fallen in AV have fallen in AV because of a love of music or, you know, they were in a band and wanted to figure out how to go through audio gear and things of that nature. So I think that there's a huge audience of kids out there that are interested. They watch these different events and they're in awe of everything that they see, but they don't understand what goes on behind it. And I think that one thing companies can do, right, from an individual company perspective, uh, is just incentivize that type of outreach, right? If you have a rep that's willing to go out and say, hey, this is what my company does. These are some cool projects that we've had. And maybe do field trips to different locations where we've done an install. Uh, where we've put up a 30-foot video wall or something cool and play a PlayStation on it, right? Little things like that, I think, could go a long way with young kids. I know for me, when I went to the Space Museum as a kid, I wanted to be an astronaut because I saw the cool outfits, right? But, you know, if I see a cool video wall where I can play PlayStation on that as a kid, I probably want to build that too, right, in my house. So (laughs) I think cool things like that, companies incentivizing their reps, manufacturers incentivizing maybe organizations that have this type of outreach programs, uh, within their organizations, I think that would go a long way. Uh, and I think that it can kind of solve 
a, a bit of those, a bit of all of those problems, right? The diversity challenges that we face and the labor challenges that we face. I think that some of those, getting them excited and getting them involved early, uh, I think that's the best way to kind of go about it. And it's not like it's a boring industry to, to try to sell to people, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. And, and honestly, Matt, to again, to Xavier's point, rather than having the industries come up with a one sheet to tell integrators and manufacturers how to do this, come up with a one sheet that we can send to every guidance counselor's office. You know, every school, I mean, it's not a matter of educating the kids. Once the kids see what we do and realize it's a thing, you know, grade school, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a fireman. I want to be a cop. I want to be a lawyer. I want to be a whatever I see, you know, but they don't, they don't see us. They don't know us. And it's up to the teachers. It's up to the guidance counselors. It's up to the adults around them that also don't know we're a thing mm -hmm. to tell them we're a thing. You know, I think I would have been really influenced to have a single sheet of paper that just lists all the possible jobs that, I mean, AV, you could do live events, you could do rigging, you could do stagecraft if you're a theater kid, you know, you could do live shows, you could do corporate work, you could do, I mean, I could, I could fill a couple pages of various jobs in our industry and probably half a page just in the pro AV industry. So mm. something like that and get the adults around the kids to know we're a thing so that when we call them and say, hey, I'd love to come and talk to your kids, they're like, who are these weirdos that want to come into our school? <laughs> you know, they, they, they get excited too. Yeah, yeah, very good. All right, let's 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 wrap up today with a quick story that comes to us from AV Magazine, the world's largest 8K ultra high definition LED display opened the Winter Olympics. This was, gosh, just over 10,000 square meters. I have no idea what that is in feet, so my apologies. Um, it's going to be like, 35,000 uh, square feet um, comprised of a five millimeter lanyard uh, LED. It was the world's largest naked eye 3D LED. Um, Xavier, let me let me start with you on this real quick. Um, it, I watched this. I thought it was cool. And I also watched it and went, man, you could have probably just done that on a computer and just sent the feed to the TVs because no one was in the stinking stands to see it. Um, <laughs> do we sometimes like from a tech side, again, we've been talking about stuff that's super, super cool. This was super, super cool. But I also feel that the majority of it gets lost just being broadcast from that single cam position up in, you know, the third deck looking down on the field. Where, where's the, is the cool factor lost when no one can experience it live? Yeah, I think it is. Uh, <laughs> you know, when you're looking at it on TV, it's like, okay, that's a great quality video, right? On your screen, but then it has to go through my screen. And what if I don't have a 4K TV? What if I'm still on an HD, uh, you know, display at home? It, so it, it does kind of take away from just not only how expensive that wall probably was, but how cool it is. AV, for, as you know, for me, is an experience. And if you want to deliver a mm -hmm. video wall of that quality and that size, uh, you would want to probably do it with <laughs> some people there to check it out. Because I think that, uh, yeah, the stories that were written on it were cool, but it would have been even cooler to hear some of the you know, commentary from other people who had witnessed it. I think that that would have done more uh, from a promotion side uh, than just kind of having editors write about it, right? I think that it does lose a little bit of a cool factor, but still, you know, from an AV, uh, from an AV eye, when you see it, it's pretty spectacular. 
Yeah, and, and I will say that this was in the works, I'm sure, for years long right. before they knew that they weren't going to be able to have anybody in the building. <laughs> um, Don, the Olympics is always a really good showcase opportunity as, you know, just like the Super Bowl was, et cetera. Did you see anything else beyond, you know, opening ceremonies? Was there anything else that they were doing that was overly cool or overly exciting? Did you watch the Olympics at all? Do you even care? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Normally, I'm that geek that every four years or two years or however often they're having it these days is glued to the TV. If for nothing else, the opening ceremonies, the closing ceremonies, and occasionally one or two events that I might be excited about or I might care about an individual. Um, this year... I haven't watched anything, to be honest. I saw a few things on, on YouTube or Facebook or whatever that came across. Um, but for the most part, I haven't watched it because there's so what? much else going on in the world right now. And we've kind of all like, Ugh, you know, and, and, and like Xavier said, you know, you're not there in person. You don't get the full effect. People at, sitting at home are like, oh, they probably green screen that. Oh, that's probably CGI. Oh, you know. They, they're aware of the technologies, not aware mm -hmm. there's jobs in it, but aware that there are technologies that can, <laughs> you know, make this not a thing. And they don't have thousands of people tweeting that, holy crap, you should have been sitting in the stadium. It was amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, right. anytime you have spectacle nowadays, AV is involved. And that spectacle that gets people excited and amazed and just in awe, that's what gets people about excited about our industry. And yeah, during a pandemic... The Olympics isn't it. Maybe during a pandemic, Super Bowl might or might not be it. But even just in the past few years, things like the Van Gogh exhibit that was traveling mm -hmm. around the world, things that are interactive like that, as people start to experience those things, they get that wow. And I think we need to be excited about the wow. I, I've said this, I don't know how many times. AV people, we get excited about our toys. We get excited about our little gray boxes and our little black boxes and our tools and all this the end user and the person on the street doesn't care about that. They want to accomplish their task or experience this event. And they mm -hmm. don't care if it's CGI'd in after the fact, if it's a video wall on the ground with pixels. They don't care if it's projection from a blimp. I mean, you know, <laughs> whatever you can think of, they don't care. They just want to go, <gasps> and it's that moment that <gasps> is what we should be excited about because that's what the world is excited about. Yeah, that's a good point. I, uh, I I didn't see any other really really cool tech through the Olympics, and I've watched a fair amount. Um, it just I've been griping about the snow conditions because that's well, the kind of as guy a Canadian though the Winter Olympics are kind of your jam. <laughs> this is yeah. totally my jam. It, yeah, this this no. is the Olympics that you and Sweden and Norway and like the Netherlands they get we, excited. We do about. well in this one. We do well <laughs> in this one as a role. But no, I, I I've just been griping about snow and gosh, that course was set wrong and, you know, all those things. <laughs> and Fun. I don't know how they did, but for all you Gen X Disney kids out there, Jamaica's back with the bobsled team. Uh, yes. Uh, one yeah. of my favorite movies of all Cool runnings. Cool running. I haven't, <laughs> yeah, I haven't followed, I, I knew they were racing, but I haven't watched it to see where they're at. Um, but I know it was all happening this week at some point, so... Heck, maybe it happened today. I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> all right, let's wrap it there. Thank you both so much for joining us. Xavier, if people want to connect with you, learn more about CTI, where can they do that? Yeah, you can uh, give me a, a call uh, or send me an email. My email is xavier.killakelly at cti.com. Uh, you can reach me at any time. I'm very responsive. And uh, thank you, Matt. I appreciate the time. 
Hey, thanks for joining us. Don, if people want to connect with you and learn more about the company that you work for that we can't talk about. <laughs> if people want to come to your class at Infocom, where can they do that? <laughs> if you want to come to the class at Infocom, register for Infocom at infocomshow.org. Go to the education section and look for my smiling face. Um, I'm teaching a class on Tuesday, a class on Wednesday, and a class on Thursday this year. So provided that we don't get canceled again. So please come on out to that. If you want to find me otherwise, you can always find me on the socials at avdawn or Dawn Mead, M-E-A-D-E, just like the fort and the general. And if you want to find me blathering about the topics of the day, I'm usually here on AV Week and AV Social on avnation.tv. I should teach a class at Infocom on how to tie a proper single Windsor knot. Be the, the one I do. That would be great. I'm not that griping at all, as I'm not wearing a tie today, but you know, <laughs> notwithstanding. All right. Thank you again for joining us today. If you'd like hey, to connect with me. Where can we find me, you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm butting in. Stop butting in. Let me do the outro properly. Tim's never going to let me back. Uh, if you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter at Matt D. Scott and pretty much every other social platform. But more importantly, please visit avnation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you check them out as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of AV Week.